Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed on iTunes, leaving a star review and a comment and never missing one single episode. And also subscribing, I mean, definitely going through the archive, you know, I'd love for you to check out all the shows in the history of Rock Strikes 10 if you can. Just let me know if you are also. There's a there's a few people that check in with me like that, and uh, I, it always makes my week. I really appreciate everybody. Okay, we're in the midst of the Kiss song titles remain the same. This epic 21-parter. We are at part eight. Yes. Uh, just a little over a third of the way through, and we're going to focus this episode specifically and strictly on one of my favorite Kiss albums, not a super popular Kiss album, but one of my personal favorites is an album called Dynasty. Uh, it's known as the Disco Album. Uh, but honestly and seriously, there are like two songs on there that really kind of fit the bill. Uh, yeah, the production is very late 70s glossy sounding, but I think it's a really strong album. It's got some cool songs on there. But yeah, I've listened to it a lot, and I still listen to it to this day. So Dynasty, a personal favorite. Or as Paul Stan likes to say, as they say in Australia, Dynasty. Uh, but, you know, actually the first few songs on the album, basically the A-side of the vinyl, there's nothing. No matches, no nothing. You know, of course, you know, 2000 Man was a cover, but, you know, that's that goes against the, the theme of doing matching song titles. It's the same song. So, got to go all the way to the beginning of the B-side of the vinyl to a song called Charisma. Uh, there's a couple of songs, also called Charisma, that are not the Gene Simmons penned song. One's by Frankie Valli. I don't have that song, but I got a really fun one here for you. A band that has uh, a massive tie-in to Kiss, especially from their early days. Uh, a guy named Rick Fox, who was in on the ground up of this band. A band called Wasp is what I'm talking about, actually. And I know that Blackie Lawless uh, was real good buddies with Ace at the time, supposedly, in the late 70s. I remember Blackie saying that he was actually in the crowd for the Fridays taping for the Elder appearance. So if you're a big fan of Kiss, that obviously means something to you. It does to me. I wish I could have been there. Uh, but here's something off of their album from 2001. Uh, a really strong Wasp album, honestly, especially from this modern era. The last album to feature Chris Holmes on lead guitar. And kick it off here with Wasp. This is Charisma. I'm 
All right, there you go. Kicking off the show here today, that is Wasp with the song Charisma from their 2001 record called Unholy Terror. Definitely check that out if you haven't. I got to say, like, there's just something about that production and the way that Wasp approach records. I Very, very, very cool and distinctive metal sound. So I always give it up for him for that. So a good band, good band. And extremely prolific since they started out. I mean, they put out 14 studio albums out since 1984. I think that's a pretty that's a pretty good average there. They did six in the uh, 2000s decade alone. So, all right. Next song here. Uh, I'm going to do a couple of matches to the song Magic Touch. Uh, there were a few matches in there that I'm not going to play here on the show. Even though I like these particular acts, there's also a Platter song and a Tom Jones song called Magic Touch. But I'm going to play these two. They're a little more rocking, shall we say. Uh, going to play a song that I've actually played on the show before, but it's been a long time. This is one of my personal favorites by this band. Just like the song a lot. So here you go. From their comeback album, Permanent Vacation, in 1987. This is Aerosmith with Magic Touch. Turn it up.
All right, there you go. That was Magic Touch by Aerosmith. Like I said, off the Permanent Vacation record. Uh, Tyler Perry song co-written by Jim Valance, who I, I remember from the Brian Adams days, like Cuts Like a Knife and that kind of stuff. So, you know, uh, an example of a song doctor that really helped the band out, I think. I think that's an extremely awesome and catchy song and uh, definitely one of my favorite non-singles by Aerosmith. You should definitely go listen to that whole album if you never have. There's some great stuff on there. They hadn't gotten too far off the deep end with the ballads. You know, Angel's really the only ballad on that record. Everything else is really cool. So, All right, dialing it back a few more years to 1983. Also a, a Geffen artist, too. Uh, the Plimsolls. This is definitely off of the album that everybody bought. If they did, buy something by them because it's got their big, huge song A Million Miles Away on it. The Everywhere at Once album. And uh, they have a song also called Magic Touch, which was track two on that record. So here you go. This is the Plimsolls with Magic Touch.
All right, there you go. From 1983, that was the Plimsolls with Magic Touch. Finishing off our twofer of the songs called Magic Touch. That's a great Kiss song, too, by the way. If you've never heard that song, you you got to go check it out. It's a really strong song. Uh, further proof, Paul Stanley actually resurrected that song for his 2007 solo tour under the Live to Win tour. And, and here's here comes my big gripe. I remember that that tour was like a House of Blues only tour. There's a few bands that have done that where they just play House of Blues all over the country, and that's it. It's like kind of an exclusive thing. Uh, we in Dallas, which is where I'm from, the Dallas Fort Worth area, we were just about to get our House of Blues finally. Uh, it was probably about half a year from being done at that point, so we didn't get the Paul Stanley show. Tremendous blow for me because uh, once I saw the DVD, I was just like, man, that's awesome. Because he busted out stuff like Magic Touch and you know, Hide Your Heart, which I hadn't played in a long time, and a bunch of great stuff off of his 78 solo album, which I referenced those songs on the previous episode. So, All right, get back into the show. Very, very awesome funk and soul artist. That I, It's one of those acts that I discovered through the many compilations that I bought over the years and, and some Rhino sets and stuff like that. Uh, definitely a really cool band, real under the radar. You just go check them out. It's a band called Baby Huey and the Babysitters. And this is going to start off a five in a row of songs called Hard Times. So here you go, kicking it off. This is Baby Huey. Sleeping on the 
There you go. That was Baby Huey and the Babysitters with their song called Hard Times. I got to tell you, if you're any kind of music fan or, or hardcore musicologist, and I haven't done a good Rhino record shill in a while, but here comes one. There's a box that you got to get. It's called What It Is, Funky Soul and Rare Grooves, 1967 to 1977. And that's where I got that song from. Maybe I would have never heard it otherwise. If it hadn't been for that box set and me and my Rhino fandom, but get that box set. It's it's amazing. And there's even like known acts on there, you know, like your Aretha's and your Curtis Mayfields and stuff like that. But even when they go there, it's like songs you're not gonna find on their best ofs. So they they really dig deep on there. So all right, I can't say enough great things about that box set. So get it. It's called What It Is. All right, like I said, that was song one of five that are called hard times here on this particular episode um keeping to the uh the groove a little bit but a little more into the 80s synth pop we're going back to the 80s here in my opinion one of the real real great acts of the 80s was the human league and i'll tell you they came in right at the cusp of the 80s uh you know some people may only know a few songs of theirs and, and have their opinion of them at this point all sussed out, but that this band really does have substance. They wrote great songs, really catchy stuff, and yeah, you can make the argument. Were they real musicians? I mean, I think since they could write a really good song, they could not play any organic instruments. The entire first album that they did was written specifically and performed specifically on keyboards. That's it. I know uh, I used to have some band instructors back in high school, and I met other people that the people that play in jazz bands, like acid jazz bands, give it up for the first Human League album called Dare. You should definitely have at least Dare. It's it's a great record, top to bottom. It's a sign of the times, yeah, but I think some of the songs really do hold up on it. This is actually a B-side from the uh, Dare Sessions, which became an instrumental EP called Love and Dancing. And uh, this is a song of theirs called Hard Times. So here you go. The Human League with no shame.
right, that was the Human League with Hard Times from the Love and Dancing record, which you can get that as a twofer with the Dare reissue on CD. So that's the one, of course, I recommend to get. Get Dare on CD, the remastered version, so you get those really cool bonus tracks and B-sides. Definitely bonus tracks worth listening to, and I'm always happy when that's the case because, you know, a lot of times they're just kind of weird filler, which I guess depending on your music taste, that could have been weird filler. I don't know. Uh, but uh, and and I, I sense that I might be going off the deep end in this particular section on the show. But really, this is what Rock Strikes Ten is all about: no separatism. And I promise you, the last four songs are very, very much rock and roll. But before that, and weirdly enough, out of the last five bands I'm going to play, this is the only one that's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh yes, us Kiss fans, we're big fans of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let me tell you. And some people will use the inclusion of this band as an example. Uh, I, I give them rock credibility. I think they definitely had a massive influence on rock and roll, for better or worse. Uh, but, you know, I'm a child of the 80s, man. So you cannot, you cannot front on people like Run DMC to me. You just can't. Run DMC is greatness. And I say they are true Hall of Famers. So here you go the third of five songs called Hard Times, and the first song on their first album, this is Run DMC.
a song actually originally recorded uh, for Curtis Blow's debut album. That's actually a cover there. So that was Hard Times by Run DMC. Like I said, off their eponymous debut album from 1984. I've got all of the uh, Arista Legacy Run DMC reissues, and I think they're awesome. The first four albums are definitely uh, a high watershed mark in the rap genre or hip-hop, whatever the hell you want to call it. I don't know. I've always hated the term hip hop. Just rap, you know. I realize there's apparently a technical difference between the two. Uh, anyway, please don't send me any emails breaking that down. I already do enough of that with my coworkers. All right, back into the rock and roll. Back to the 70s. Gonna play something by one of the great, great bands of all time. Uh, massively influential band. Once again, it's the Sweet. What else can you say? So here you go. This is Hard Times by The Sweet.
from their 1977 album called Off the Record. That was The Sweet with Hard Times. And, uh, yeah, anything sweet, really. I mean, there's especially the 70s stuff, of course. Uh, just a great band. Uh, I'm still trying to get my sweet catalog in order here. I've got a handful of things, about as many best ofs as I do studio records. Uh, but I, I need to, there's so much confusion for me between the European releases and the U.S. releases and what's remastered and what isn't. So it's just, I really got to nail that down at some point. It's it's kind of a headache. Uh, there's a few bands like that that are really making my head hurt as trying to be a completist here. Uh, Sweet, of course. Uh, the Angels come to mind. And also Slade, just trying to get all that nailed down. So handful of things all around. All right, here's a band. I only have the one record by this band. I think it's the one that everybody bought if they did uh, off their self-titled album. This is a band called Little Caesar. I believe this is 1990, 1991, something like that. But yeah, here you go. The last of the songs called Hard Times on this particular episode. And this is Little Caesar.
I guess considering the theme of this massive 21 parter, that's kind of a double, isn't it, for you? Since Kiss did have a song called Little Caesar on the 1989 record called Hot in the Shade. Uh, but there you go, a double right there for your Kiss song titles remain the same. That was Little Caesar with Hard Times off of their self-titled album from 1990. I remember there being a lot of hype going in uh, to that record. I remember seeing ads all the time in like Circus and stuff like that for the first album. And I know the, they did a cover of Chain of Fools, which was their their big lead-off single. And uh, just coming to find out that Bob Rock produced that album and John Kalodner was doing the radio A&R stuff for him. So they were almost kind of in a can't-lose position. But, you know, I guess the, the tides were kind of already changing once 1990 rolled around. But uh, there you go. Some little Caesar there for you. Moving on here, uh, uh, talking about a band called Cacophony. Uh, who actually recently just had a uh, mini cacophony reunion on Marty Friedman's latest album. You got to go check that out. Yes, Marty and Jason Becker do play together again on record. It's 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 nothing short of a miracle, especially if you are aware of Jason Becker's story. It's it's quite a story, and it's there's not enough time on this show for for me to talk about it. Uh, but if you ever think you got it bad and you need some inspiration in your life, go look up the story of Jason Becker or the documentary about him. Oh my God, that's really all I can say. The, the would-be Eddie Van Halen of the 1990s, Jason Becker, and Marty Friedman, who, uh, me, like a lot of other people, I remember uh, hearing some of the cacophony stuff, and of course, the, I remember the ads being all over the magazines once again, uh, but... Uh, definitely an important act. I mean, Marty went on to be in Megadeth just a few years after this, and uh, Rust in Peace was just one of, still one of my favorite albums of all time, but that was my record through junior high, Rust in Peace. So, of course, I went back at a point to check out all of his other stuff, and I was not disappointed. Here's something by Cacophony, which uh, I know Marty is a big Kiss fan f- legitimately, so hopefully he'll get a kick out of this if he ever hears it. Uh, and Maybe this was because of the Kiss song. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely kind of a general enough title. So, like I said, who knows? But this is Cacophony with X-Ray Eyes. Yeah. 
from the leadoff track from what I definitely consider to be a, an essential, not only a metal record, but if you are any kind of guitar fan, you should definitely check it out. That was from the album Go Off from 1988, and that was Cacophony featuring Marty Freeman and Jason Becker, of course, and Peter Marino on vocals. Right. God, we're just about out of show here. The last song here and the last song from the Dynasty record is a song called Save Your Love. They got quite a few matches to Save Your Love. Uh, just some things they didn't have, like by uh, Shocking Blue, who's the band that did Venus, of course, and Gene Pitney. Great, great guy right there. Uh, but I got one here. Of course I had this one. And uh, good song. You don't hear it nearly enough. This is kind of one of those. should probably be a classic rock staple, and it isn't. Uh, but here you go. Closing off the show, this is Great White with Save Your Love.
in addition to this being the last song on the Dynasty record, or at least the same song title on the last Dynasty record, it's also the last song on the Once Bitten album by Great White. There you go. That was Great White with Save Your Love from 1987. Man, that album's 27 years old, and I feel really old at this point. I'm 35 years old, but even even just those things. I remember when that record was happening. So, yeah, I, I got into music really young. Uh, like three years old, legitimately. I was already moving the radio dial to whatever sounded good to me by the time I was three as a little baby, trying to like stretch and reach for the dial. That's me. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this particular part of the Kiss song. Titles remain the same. This was part eight. Join me tomorrow for part nine. Yes, we are going to go through the Unmasked record, another personal favorite. And I can't wait to play this one. It's pretty much going to be much like Hard Times on this episode. A lot of songs called Talk to Me. But a lot of other songs, you know how unique some of those song titles are in Unmasked. You're not going to believe that I actually have some matches to some of these songs. So stay tuned. Until then, go to cnjradio.com. Home of this show, Rock Strikes 10. It's got the email, joey at cnjradio.com. The links to the Facebook and the Twitter and all that stuff. Also on cnjradio.com home of the flagship The Wrestling House Show, The Synaptic, featuring my good friend Randy Brown, a true alternative, and the newest podcast on cnjradio.com called Last Theater on the Left. Myself and my CNJ Radio partners, Chris, take on movies. All right. Once again, going to see you on part nine, where we will get through that unmasked record. All right. Till then, have fun.